Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy and Jay Grunberg. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electrician Live. Here we are there on Saturday nights, every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And with me, as always, my co-host, Jay Grundberg. Jay, welcome to tonight's show. Hey, man, it is great to be back another Saturday night. Ready to rock and roll. Looks like we got some people in the chat line already. Got them on the chat line. What's up, everybody? So, Wayne. For all of you over listening on the podcast, of course, it always streams live over on electricianlive.com. So you can always watch there if you want, but you don't get to chat. You don't get to chime in. So obviously you can listen to the show on any of our podcast platforms when the show's running. But to be able to take the flavor of being live and being able to type in comments and, and have interaction, check us out over on the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash master the NEC. Check us out. So, got a good show. Got a good show. And as my boys, the Hodge twins, we got a good show. We got a damn good show tonight. We're going to talk about tips and tricks. Okay? Tips and tricks. And I know Jay's probably done his share of tricks. But the reality is we're going to have a great show tonight talking about all kinds of tips and tricks. So, again... Uh, hold on, if I got to do that here. Yeah, see, I didn't have good timing. It was poor timing on the show tonight. So, again, we want to thank everybody for joining us over on the stream. So, um, so we're going to talk tips and tricks tonight. But, Jay, I guess before we get into that, okay, we have to, again, pay tribute to our sponsor. Again, tonight's show sponsored by Electrician pride yet we still don't see that milwaukee sign here so it is electrician pride for all of your t-shirts hoodies mugs phone cases stickers bags uh little fanny packs even have the have you seen the face mask you know we got your face mask but we also have there you go but we also have some now with the master electrician logo on it and all that over there and those gators you know those things you pull up over your face so anyway let me run that commercial so we can get that out of the way got to pay the bills if I can get the stuff to work tonight. All right, so we're going to pay the bills. There you go. There's a mug. So then we'll get into tonight's topic. Today's show is sponsored by electricianpride.com. Your one-stop shop for electrician-specific t-shirts, hoodies, phone cases, mugs, die-cut stickers, leggings, and so much more. Featuring unique designs for electricians, journeymen, and master electricians, as well as electrical engineers and electrical inspectors. For more information on all the products that are available, visit us at www.electricianpride.com today. All right, so again, out of the way. I didn't know what side it was. Yeah, no, it's hard point to tell. To like, it's over it's here. opposite you know, side. All right, so we got on. that out of the way. Um, we also will mention that tonight, per Jay's request, we have the phone lines open again running across the bottom of the screen. So if you want to call in and tell us about any of your tips and tricks uh, that you might have run in, things that saves you time, labor, whatever, uh, as an electrician, feel free to share. We probably could talk about it forever, but we, we've kind of broken down in some of our 
uh, tips and tricks. Now, again, I teach electricians all the time. I'm like, I don't really call any of it a tip or trick. It, it's just the trade. But, you know, some things you can classify as little tips and tricks and yeah. things like that. So it's all good. It's going to be nice tonight, Paul, is, is everybody knows me as a residential guy. But mm-hmm. I actually have two to three tips and tricks for you commercial guys out there. So all the guys that were on the commercial side that were like, Jay, man, we're hating on you, bro. I got some the basement good stuff for king, you that you take. Basement king, no relation to Tiger King. We should keep saying that for qualifications for legal purposes. Well, we need to keep saying that, of course. We don't, we don't, we don't need to keep saying that? All right. All right. <laughs> We can. It's okay. Yeah. But, uh, so, Sebastian, welcome to the show. Says Hodge twins. I love, you know, Hodge twins. I love the brothers. They are awesome. Okay. It's so good. I, I guess Jay's like, I have no idea who these Hodge twins are. But I tell you what, you kind of know where I'm at if you know I like the Hodge twins. So, immediately, you either are going to enjoy tonight's show or you immediately turned off and went somewhere else, which is okay. I mean, it's fine. But uh, I do love me some Hodge twins, most definitely. They are hilarious. Anyway, okay, I love Chad Prather, too, for those that listen to podcasts and stuff. Chad Prather is awesome, too. I like him as well. He's from right here in Texas. All right. God, let's get into the show. All right. I know. Top five. Top five. So, again, it's probably going to be more than five because when we say top five, it's like maybe three from me and two from you or three from you and two from me. So, we're just going to kind of – I have five tonight. Huh? I have five. So, if we well, get I've, through them, I've got go. at least – got five or six little things. So, again, but let's just kind of go tit for tat back and forth and uh, yeah. we'll do it. How about we do top ten and we'll just start and go back and forth? How about that? Top ten. How do we flow Loving with the it. moment? Flow with the moment. Oh, we should tell you everybody out there who are diehard listeners to the show, whether it's in syndication or over on our podcast platform or whatever, please share the show uh, with everybody. Let people know about it. Any other platforms, you can share something, a link to our YouTube channel, um, whatever, in order to get the word out so that we can bring you more content. Again, at the end of the day, how many other electrician-related shows are out there? So we can do anything you want based on the topic. So send us some suggestions, and we'll try to work those into future shows. Uh, You can also always find out what's going on on Electrician Live by going to the website, electricianlive.com. There's where you can even watch it as well, but also previous episodes are also be posted there as well. Of course, everything is also posted up on our YouTube channel as well. But of course, if you're listening to podcasts, Deezer, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Google Play, whatever it is, you can find it. Just go searching for Electrician Live, and you'll be able to find it. All right, let's do it. Uh, Let's start with number 10. Let's start with one of yours. Hit it. Hit it, Jay. Go with it. I guess it would be number five, but it's really 10. We'll do it that way. Yep, it's my my fifth one from the bottom going up to the top, five to one. But we're going to say 10. We're going to say it's number 10. But we're going to say 10, so it's the 10th one. So this goes to all you commercial guys out there. Um, Breaking that off right out the bat. Breaking it off right out the bat, going with the commercial. Right out the bat, man. I'm coming for you commercial guys. I'm going to give you some tips and tricks. So we were doing a project. It was DU, uh, Denver University, Mm -hmm. and we had just gotten started on the remodel, and we needed to bring out some rack systems. And in order to do these rack systems, we we had to mount all thread to the ceiling with drop pins. Okay. So you, you drill into the ceiling with either a quarter-inch drill bit or a three-eighths drill bit. Mm-hmm. You use a drop pin into that um, concrete ceiling 
to as as a support system for your alt thread, and so you would, right. you would tap that drop no, pin you, in. You and, actually drill the hole, and this has got like a little sleeve on it. It actually goes up into the hole that you drill, and then as you screw it in, it'll, the hole. it'll spread out. Yep, and then and then yep. you would put your all thread in there at any given length. So I'm just going to do two two foot lengths, um, and then you would you would drop that all thread down to a piece of unistrut, either facing down or up, depending on how you want to run your support things like tram, trapezes and other type of that. Some people use it to support pans underneath the air conditioning units, and there's a bunch of different uses for that. Oh right? yeah, I, I've even seen them for uh, supporting the transformers. Mm-hmm. You know, some some transformers um, are supported like that. But what we would do is we would cut all thread all day long. I mean, we were running hundreds of feet of, of um, EMT tubing. Mm-hmm. And so my trick was I would probably take about five eight-foot sticks of all thread at a time. And let's just use quarter-inch, for, for example. Sure. And I would, I would bring them all at the same level. So they all start right here. And I would measure two feet. And then I'd put a, a piece of black tape right at right at two foot. Boom. I'd go another two feet, do that again, right. do that until it got to the very end. So I was making, I believe, three cuts with the bandsaw. So I would I would take all five of them. Mm-hmm. I'd go two foot, tape it, go another two foot, tape it, another two foot, tape it. Because, again, this is productivity or trying to get in and get out. Yeah. And then I would put it on the, uh, the tripod, uh, wrench it down. Take the bandsaw, mm-hmm. all cutting, through all cutting, five of them. Cutting segments, yeah. Cutting segments. And then when they would drop down, you'd always have that crusty end on them where they would never thread in. Yeah, it's a little to, a little a little burr from where it cut. Yeah, a little burr. And you would always you would always see people put nuts on them and thread them on and off and waste a lot of time. And they do have, I think, all thread um trimmers that you can put on your drill or they have right. the manual ones that you could do that. Well we we didn't all have those. So I seen I, one of my uh, journeymen's who I was big Al, big Al. Big <laughs> Al. Shout guy, out man. to Big Al. So cool, man. Big Al was cool. Every company's said, big got a Al, Big Al. How are you putting up these these all threads so fast, man? He said, "Well, all you need is a wire nut." So he would literally take a red wire nut for a quarter inch piece of all thread. So red where wire you had nuts. That fur. Which wire nut, by the way, is a trademark of Ideal. So Ideal, do not sue. Electrician oh. Live, we're promoting you. We're <laughs> promoting your product. Okay, so a red wire nut, product of Ideal, and you're you're screwing that on the end, right? Yep, so you just screw it right on the end, screw it off. Maybe do it twice if you wanted to for a quarter inch, a red one for the quarter inch, which we all have the red sure. wire connectors in our pouches, or sure. if it was three-eighths, you would use the blue one. Okay. And I would thread it on real quick, thread it off, put it up, put it into that drop pin, Boom, boom, boom. Boom, that would get rid of the burr. That would get rid of the burr. Perfect. Perfect. Every time. That is a perfect, (laughs) perfect tip. So if you want to install wire or all thread um, quicker and faster, and you don't have one of those uh, reamers, you just use a wire nut for it. Boom. Wire mart. Wire wire nut. A trademark. Wire neck. A wire wire nut. A trademark of ideal. (laughs) Okay. So that's a great tip. Now, I'm going to tell you, mine are in no significant order, Jay, from best to least. It's just, they're just in any order, okay? There's, there's not any significance in the hierarchy. They're just, just tips, okay? And you might say, damn, Paul, I already know this tip. That ain't really much of a tip. Well, I'm sorry. 
again, like I told you, I don't know there are that many t- the things that I would call a tip. Uh, I just things we do. I don't know that I would even classify them as tips. So Jay kind of called me out on the last show. You know, it's like, well, you old fart. You've got to have tons of little tips. Oh, yeah, I just keep a little repository of tips everywhere, Jay. Whatever. So I, I never really... Book. I didn't really think about it. And you know what? If I sat down, I probably could come up with a lot of them that we did in the field, little things. But I came up with some that we used to do. So, again, no significant order. So we're at number nine, I guess, on our list. Um, So I would always take a piece of cardboard, uh, cut a square, maybe six inch by six inch square, cut a slot in it, just kind of just do a slit. And then when we were driving ground rods, I would take it and put it over the end of a ground rod and, again, you don't want to make a hole because then the daggone thing won't have any friction on it. Take a slit, stick it over it, and push it down. It'll be stiff. And then I'd put my clamp on it, my acorn or whatnot. I'd put it on there and then push it down, and I would keep it down about a foot from the top. And so if they were uh, turning around and they were actually going, we were going to sledgehammer it, and we didn't, we didn't have this nifty Ronbo tool here. Okay. Hey, we didn't have this Ronbo. nifty little Ronbo tool. You want to get one of these, contact Ronbo. But this thing right here, again, you put it over the ground rod. So we didn't really have that. So if you were driving, oh, God, that thing is heavy. If we were driving it with uh, sledgehammers, then that put it down far enough. And, of course, I used to, you know, I, I would always get the helper with a pair of channel locks to hold the ground rod in place while we do it. Or I give two helpers and let them do it, and I just sit back with some popcorn and watch. But at the end of the day, they would drive it down, and it would keep the ground clamp from getting down in the mud or getting down in the dirt. Okay, so when you get down to a certain length, and then you're you're okay, and you can keep you know adjusting it. So again, not much of a tip, but again, after you've had enough of your ground rods get driven down into the mud and get all nasty and whatnot, you learn that that keeps the ground rod clamp out of the mud, and and also by putting it on when the head of it starts to mushroom. You don't have to worry about how you get the clamp on there. So you put it on ahead of time. Right. It's probably not that big of a tip, but, I mean, I used to do that. Now, of course, we did most of our ground rods with a hammer drill, and usually that doesn't mushroom the end too awful bad. But it depends whether or not you're using the little attachment or you're actually putting up in the in the end of your hammer drill, which if it did mushroom, that sucker could get locked on your hammer drill, and that can create a problem. So that could be an issue. Um, but again, we used to have the attachment, and so it worked. It worked out great. So that's my tip: cardboard at the end of a ground rod keeps the clamp from getting down in the mud, and just makes for a little easier install. I know, I like pretty cheesy, pretty cheesy tip, too. but there you go. Pretty cheesy, but I got it. First. Huh? Put the clamp on first. Put the clamp is, on. Which is first. awesome. Put the clamp. Don't try to do it. Don't, act- be, don't be cutting nothing after the fact because you can't get the <laughs> clamp on. Okay? Because <laughs> it could be. It could. It could be seven inches. I mean, it could be, it could be, uh, you know, so we have the rods, eight foot rod. It could be seven feet, 11 and a half inches, and you just cut the end on it. Me as an inspector, I'm going to say, ain't no way of knowing how much you cut off. Failure. Okay. Yeah. So again, just don't cut it. <laughs> Period. All right. But anyway, so that's, that's a tip there. Uh, know how much of a tip that is. But anyway, okay. Go ahead, Jake. What, you know, what do you got? Tip, tip eight, which for me is uh, four, is hole saws. So I've ran into situations where this is a pretty basic one. Let's say I'm running some three-quarter EMT, and I I drill a hole in a specific spot, and I take that three-quarter hole saw, and I drill out that three-quarter hole through that wood framing or that metal framing. Mm -hmm. And then I realize, oh, crap, I actually need a one-inch hole. Mm -hmm. Darn it. What do I do? I go back, and I put the one-inch 
um, hole saw on my drill, and I, now this I is try really, to do it. This is really bad for metal studs. I mean, you can you can get away with it with wood, but metal, the thing just starts dancing around. And where I can think the worst problem is if you were using a hole saw to cut holes in the side of an enclosure and you cut the wrong size yeah. – and then you want to go a little bigger. If you don't have a hole punch set, which everybody should have a hole punch set. Can you can go to Harbor Freight and get one pretty cheap. But if you didn't and you wanted to use hole saw, the daggone thing would dance around all over that metal. Scuff it all up. You couldn't up get nasty. it to bite. You yeah, you wouldn't have the ability to bite it. Teeth to bite. You would have to have that pilot hole, and that's what that pilot hole is there for. But if you've already drilled your three quarter hole, you have no pilot hole. You have a three quarter hole. All right. So and tell us how you Jay, tell us your tip. To fix that. Well, well, some some would say, Jay, you could go get a, a unibit, and that's that's true. But you could use this in a one inch scenario, inch and a half, two inch scenario. I'm just using three quarter just as a reference. So I would say, man, I I, I need to get a one inch hole in there, and I don't have a unibit, but I do have a one inch hole saw, and I have the existing three quarter hole saw. What I would do is I would I would take that three quarter hole saw off of the arbor, I would put my one inch hole saw onto that arbor. And then with those a couple of two to three threads left over on that arbor, I would insert I, I would insert that three quarter arbor back into it. So, so I would just actually nesting, have like, like, or three, like Russian, three quarter hole saw, sorry. Like Russian nesting eggs. It would be one is going to nest in the other one. Yes. So it's basically a guide. It's just a three quarter guide. That's your pilot now. Yeah, you That's have a three quarter pilot hole now, go. but it fits in that hole perfect and, and you can't go any wider and it, that one inch hole saw will now catch perfectly and you can still um yeah. cut your and you're hole. not and you're not worried about the three quarter cutting anything that's just your that's just your guide the hole's already been punched the three quarters yeah. already been so all it is is it fits nicely in the hole to give you a guide so great tip great tip. Yeah. keep you not from messing up your panels bro but you know what don't, you don't be don't messing, be messing up, up your subbies panels, don't be messing up your subbies bro don't be hey. messing up the subbies, bruh. But you know what? It's a good tip. It's a good tip because we all have these you know, hole saw. Good tip. What you got? What's what's next? And We're you know rifling what? through. You know what? Diablo. Have you had? Have you tried the Diablo hole saws? I have, and and the reason why I like them is they're about half the cost of the bigger name ones, and but they, they cut still look like a beast. Oh, they, they, they're great, and they're still red, like Milwaukee. So it's almost like it's a Milwaukee product, just half the cost. So I'm not going against my love of my life and tools. Milwaukee, come to me. <laughs> talk, about, talk about pandering. All right. Okay, so that was your tip. That was number, what was that? That was number eight, right? That's number eight. Okay, number seven. So... This is really, again, Paul's going to be giving you tons of cheesy tips, okay? This is cheesy. So you have to understand that back in the day, I didn't have as many of the tips, the, the things that you young folk have today. So when we would go in and we were cutting ceiling lights, ceiling holes, um, we would cut you know, the circles, and we were cutting it for recess cans. And also, by the way, any of my f- holes that I would cut for fishing, Things from point A to point B were always round. I always used a hole saw because it's much easier to plug that hole with that hole. It's already cut. It can fit right back in it. 
And again, I think we're going to see one of your tips here shortly. That's kind of similar. Ah, you stole know, it from me from before it. the show. Right. You stole Dude, it from me. But I, no, that's not my tip. That's not my okay. tip. Though. Okay. That's not my okay. tip. Though. So you still got you. You're still good. So but I'm just saying I would use a round circle, you know, round hole saw to cut my holes, you know, kind of blow his thunder. But when I'm cutting the ceiling uh, recess cans, I would actually use pie tins. So we had pie tins that, you know, thin metal pie tins, and we would drill a hole directly in the middle of it. And we would put that over the bit, you know, put that put that on first, then put the hole saw bit. Or now we have the ones that are designed for for recess cans and oh the collector sure yeah, and put it under and you put it up there and then when you were cutting it slow and methodically then it would catch a lot of the the debris you know anyway anything i can re- do to reduce the amount of cleanup in a job especially if i'm coming in and working in somebody's house you know i don't really want to put tarps all over the place i'm just lazy i just want to go in and get it done so anything that i could do and, and damn if i could figure out a way to to cut a vacuum cleaner hole in the bottom of that tin plate and suck it all up which they do make stuff like that now i would have done whatever i could do but that's what my tip was i used pie tins back in the day and going really slow and would put the pie tin on first then i would put the whole saw on and it would catch all of the the debris that came down it's is that a tip? I don't know if that's a tip today because you know what? You can actually buy crap that does that today. But this is back, you know, back when, you know, I'm well, let's old. Say you did, let's say you didn't have that and, and you needed to resort to something because I have a I'm going to go in the woman's stuff. cupboard and rip out one of her pie tins and say, <laughs> deduct it from my account. Deduct it from what you got to hey. pay, lady. Lady, you're not, you're, not, you're not cooking any pies today. Okay? Yeah, no pies. Oh. No pies today. Okay. <laughs> I told y'all, his tips are much better than mine. Mine are so cheesy. All right, go ahead, Jay, next tip. All right, yep, number uh, whatever, six, I think it is. So we would do the same thing like Paul's talking about, uh, or what you're talking about, excuse me, is we would do six-inch holes, but I would use them for for fishing. Let's say I'm in a remodel, a situation, um, you're in a living room, and there's a light, or a, there's a switch in the living room, and it controls a half-hot outlet. And the customer wants you to put in six or eight recess cans. So you're like, okay, I can do that. But you have to get a switch leg now from either that half hot receptacle and go up the wall and hit your first uh, recess can. Or you got to go to the switch. And usually both of those are on an exterior wall. So your roof pitch is so ridiculous that you, you can't even get to it. Some of these, some of these situations with the right angle drill from the attic. You know, normally sure. you get into the attic, you would you would go over. Now cutting the recess cans, like you said, we would use or what we use is a dust collector. We'd cut all six of them, boom, 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 boom. But what about getting that wire from that switch box? Sorry, Jay, um, I wasn't I wasn't as high tech as wired up. You know, I come from you know. <laughs> sorry, don't have all the fancy dancy stuff nowadays. But back That's when we so were doing awesome, it. Though. Okay, sorry. It, it's a lot, lot more cooking back back then, back in the good old days. Sounds yeah. like too. Yeah, remember grandma. But anyways, um, where was I? Oh, how to get that wire up? I used to cut uh, squares or not? Uh, yeah, squares out and and never try cut to screw squares. Them. Too much trouble to try to patch it and cut it and get that square just right. It just too it's much ridiculous. You, most of the time, you can't even get it back on. So, um, my my PM now, Chris. 
he showed me the trick with the six inch. He goes, man, I cut six inch holes for everything. And I said, okay, well, show me. So we were in that situation. He drills one underneath, drills one up top if we had to. Sometimes you can just do it with maybe one on the wall. Again, we're talking about going from that switch box up into the attic area. Sure, sure. So we, we cut out that six inch hole, boom, use our uh, auger bit, drill up maybe a five eighths hole, and then we'd fish our wire up. Well, then I would take a free painter stick from home depot here in colorado they give you those free sticks we had this conversation i don't know where you're getting we have to pay for our painter sticks at at our home depot and my son works at home depot part-time so we we have to paint get those painter sticks but in colorado they're free okay yeah, they have a little right. bucket at most of uh, most of painters can you uh, see Jay? reception area. Can y'all can y'all see Jay going in there and, and not even having anything to do with paint and just reaching Nothing. there and coming out with a handful of painter stirs? That yep. doesn't y'all picture him? I picture him being that way. Hey, what can we help you with today, sir? Nothing. I'm just here to get some um, free painter sticks. Whatever. I don't even talk to him, man. I don't speak painting language to those guys. You know, Jay's like, you want to teach me how to how to how to make a color out of multiple colors? I don't care, man. They got a machine that does that now. Thanos punch it in and screw that. I want to screw that stick on the inside of the drywall. So after you cut that six inch hole, now you have an open six inch hole. So what you what I do is I put that painter stick on the inside, and I drill and and I screw on both sides. Uh, you know, some five eight wood screws to support mm-hmm. it. Now I got a wooden stick going across that center mm-hmm. of that six inch hole, and I uh, and I drop my six inch hole out of the hole saw, and I just put it right back. And in that center pilot bit hole, I drill another screw. Usually it catches. If not, you still have a you know some pretty good room. six inch strip, and and that makes the drywallers really happy. Makes the customers happy because again, I don't repair the drywall. All right, so that was going to be my next thing. I don't know about you electricians out there, but I've told people many times, and Jay Jay was the same way. I do not repair drywall. Now, there's other ones that do. My brother was great; he's a great at repairing that type of stuff, and he will figure it in. Me, I I don't do sheetrock. I don't I don't do painting. I don't do you don't texture. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so in Texas, everything's freaking textured. It's either yep. what is it, orange peel, or it's called knockdown and knockoff. And, yeah, knockdown. Yep. I don't do that. So I tell people up front, I'm like, sorry, I don't do sheetrock, and I don't. I'm, I'll cut your hole, I'll fish it in, but you're on your own. You know, it'll look pretty with a little. You know, if you want to do it yourself, try to do it. But I don't. They say it's pretty easy, but I don't. I just don't. Now I've had sheetrock before. And I have mudded, and I've have done all that stuff enough to know that I don't want to do it. And if the wall was flat and everything, then I might consider it. Although I don't want to try to paint and match anything up. But these textured walls that we have down here in Texas, I don't want to mess with that crap. So I'm like, I'm an electrician. I'll do this. You do whatever. A couple weeks ago, I did some recessed cans in the kitchen, and I told the lady, "Sorry, I don't patch the holes." She's like, oh, that's fine. My husband will do it. Okay, whatever. Have at it. I don't do that. All right, so at least... Man, the I mean, chat line is really quiet tonight. They Come are on, quiet. guys. What's I don't up, hear man? Where's anybody, the I don't hear anybody chatting, chat, chatty tonight. Someone we don't even know who's out there. Give us some shout-outs. I see Moses out there. 
He said he's oh, done this. that. He said he's done that whole salt trick before. There you go. I see That's Wayne right. out there. Right. There we go. Howdy, howdy, Sebastian again, talking about the Hodge twins. Woot, woot. Okay, you know we had a pretty good amount of listeners until I mentioned the Hodge twins, and all of a sudden our viewers dropped off. They're like, oh, <laughs> oh no. uh, don't worry. Just, just so we're equal opportunists here. We, 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 we. We pander to both sides of the political line. All right, so that's Jay's tip, and I, I will tell you that um, I got thinking about it, Jay, and I decided to alter one of my tips since we're, we're, we're rolling along at a pretty good click. So let's go to my next tip. My next tip has to do with, and we talked about this one, I used to carry a chain, uh, a steel chain in my trucks, in a bag, nice little baggie. And I had a really strong magnet. Now, I'm going to think I got it from Home Depot. I don't remember. It was a really strong magnet. And so anytime that we were doing from attics drilling down through holes and we were putting cutting receptacles in or something or fishing down, um, usually the interior walls didn't have any insulation in them. For the most part, they don't. And uh, so what we would do is I would actually drop the chain down the hole that I would drill. And the chain would go down into the wall, and then my helper would be down at the actual location. Now, many times when the chain would drop down, he could reach in the hole and he could feel it. But if we were having oh, a little sure. little problem, all he had to do was take that magnet and move it over to the wall and move it back and forth, mm. and it would pull that chain towards the magnet, and then he just would move the magnet to the hole. And at that point, we'd be able to he'd grab the chain. And then the chain, we would... We would do that, and we would tie a string onto the chain, or we would literally tape on, if it's just one line of NM going down, right? Then they would just tape it onto it and pull it right on down. Pretty darn simple to do. Um, but, again, I did that with a chain rather than trying to stick a fish tape down there and work with the fish tape. It was so you much know, easier. It curls your, up, binds yeah. on it. It starts heading back up to you, man. You're like, <laughs> you're you like, got it yet? You get the tip. You're like, what? Yeah, no, so so the neat thing about it is with that is, again, a nice little chain, keep it in a baggie, get one of those real strong magnets, works out great. Another tip, again, I'm throwing a double banger here for you. Um, when, you would get up in the, when you get up in the attic and you find the top plate and you're drilling that hole down, folks, stop drilling teeny holes. <laughs> Since you don't have to worry about it because, again, it's not an inspection. Oh, did I say that, Jay? Hold on. Oh, no. Did I? The sheetrock's already up. Everything's already up. The trim is already up. The mold's already up. Everything's up. Instead of doing a half-inch hole, do an inch. Do a little bit bigger, man. Give yourself a little bit. You know, people, I, I remember doing to one guy and he was using, the damn guy would go up in there with like a three-eighth-inch bit or something, a half-inch bit, just a little old bit and try to do it. And all this, you know, had a nice two-by-four. Of course, granted, with my age, it was back when two-by-fours were real two-by-fours, Jay, but... I'm like, dude, you're struggling with it. Do a bigger hole. Do you a know? bigger hole, man. Do a bigger hole. And help us out because when I come back and do the remodel, which I've done before in many homes, and, and, and I find that, that header, that top plate, and I look down, I'm like, oh, there's the wires to the switch. I just got to add a 14.3 for a new ceiling fan. Wow. You go up there and there's they, a... They, they, they give you a tiny one, so then you got to drill next to it, and you're taking risk of hitting the other wires. But if you drill a big one... I love those guys, man. I praise the other electricians. Man, what a great guy. God, back in the day, Jay, I think back in the day, the guys used to use the littlest damn bit that they could use to bore a hole. And I'm sitting there going, dude, as long as you're not exceeding an inch and a quarter from the edge of the board hole, give me a damn hole. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't make my job so hard, dude. So I'm going to give, so I put a big hole, you know, I put a nice size hole in there. Okay. And, in, in uh, be able to, to work it out. Hey, let me give you another tip. Another tip yeah. that I would typically do is oversize your hole. Careful. If you got to go through Careful. a double yeah. header, oversize the first hole to give you a little bit of space so that then you can change the bit over on a right angle to go to a smaller auger oh, style. Yeah. And that way you can get it, you get more room to get it in there. You might not have clearance over in the edge, but if you go in there yes. and you can get the first hole, then it allows you to get the other one in there so you can get further down. That Such type of a great thing. tip. So, Such a great tip because a lot of times you can't get even a small one in there. So I would do what you said. I would do like an inch and a half, and I w- and and it'd be a normal size bit, and I would have to go at such an angle that that when w- you'd go down a little bit though, half an inch or an inch, change over to that small bit, and then you could go directly down. Yeah, you great just tip. you might only believe it or not, it always seems to be about the inches, right? You're just like. You ever notice that when you go to do something, you're like, just, oh, just that close, you know, an inch. I think, God, if I just had an inch. So anyway, boy, it's the story of our life. But so I gave multiple tips on that one. Hold on. All right, so multiple tips on that. But well, again, I'm I'm actually going to give you um, commercial guys the daily double. Daily this double. Was in I my I bonus. I don't have a. I don't, was... I don't have anything for the daily double. Hold on. I got to get some new. Sound effects, dude. Okay. Yeah, we we gotta have the daily double. <laughs> All right, I gotta have um, a daily so, double. Now go ahead. So the Give daily double him. for you commercial guys, um, like you were saying, was you would drill from that top plate down. Well, let's say it's a commercial application, and you're cutting in a single gang box, um, and you're trying to fish down some flexible metallic conduit, some FMC. What I would do, because a lot of times to, to, to pull the um, conduit out and then to, to land it in the box and then push the box back in, that connector won't allow that box to go in without damaging the drywall. So here's a tip. Put a piece of string in between the flexible conduit and the connector and leave that string about two feet long. And when you get that connector down the wall, you can keep your box open, grab that string Pull it through your opening, your half-inch KO seal, outside of the hole. Push the box into the hole, and now you have a guide for your uh, conduit to come down on that connector, and then you can put your lock ring in it. Oh, so, so you're again, saying you're, you already put the connector on it and secure it, run the string through it. You're just not putting well, the lock Well, I, I, I put the string in between the, the conduit and the connector, so now it's hanging. It's sandwiched in between, and it's a guide. it's like a guide string now. For you to 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 sturdy that conduit you, inside that box. How are you box. securing it to the FMC? If it's in the just wall, in, how are you securing them together? If it's just a string running through them for guide, how would you would you do that? I I, I, I would I would put the um, string in between. So I would literally put the string in the connector itself. And but would, would you already would connect- you already make the connector up to the FMC? Yeah, yes. that's what I mean. I, so I would, you're making it up already. Correct. I make it up already, and then you guide it down, and you push that half inch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just take the box. string, and you pull it, and that help guides it in, and then you yeah. can take the lock nut and put it over the, you know, and the string. And put it right in. Tighten it up, and then pull your string out, and you're done. That's it. Or you clip it off inside. I mean, it's still inside there just that little bit, but you just clip it off, and, no, and now combustible just... material. Get rid of the string. Okay? So all you out yeah, there is yeah, get rid of the string, string out of it. Take it out. Okay. Good, good, good tip. 
Because you know what? If you leave the gap around the box so big in order to do that, then you got to worry about repairing the gap around the box. And so that just creates more work for me, the electrician, or the sheetrock mudder, you know, who's going to throw mud in your box anyway. So, Right. Uh, there's a tip for you. If you want to make sure that your stuff is not, uh, well, the uh, there you go. James, James uses push-in. Sorry, James is saying we use the push-in connectors. Those are good for, I don't know if they have push-in connectors for the FMC. I think what you're talking about is the um, MC connectors that go from the inside. Yeah. So you would you would bring your MC cable through the box that's already in the wall, or you would take it out of the wall, pull your MC in, push it up uh, into the box, and yeah. So it's yeah, I'm not pretty sure much, if they have push-ins for FMC flexible metal conduit. Maybe they do. I don't. I don't think so either. But the uh, the, the tip that I just gave you would would save it would save us a lot of time, and and uh, it could help Sweet. you guys out there. So Sweet. Good deal. I don't know what number yeah. we're on, but we'll just let's. We'll forget numbers now, and we'll just throw them out while we got time. You ready? All right. So, yep, you got one? I got one. So the next okay. one um, that I is more a time saver. It's not really a tip. I don't know how many people. Me and Jay were kind of goofing around today. Would you believe, Jay? Of course you would believe because we saw it today. There are literally 2.4 million people watching how to install a single pole switch. Is that insane on YouTube? That is nuts. And it ain't even in a box. The video we were looking at, the guy was just doing it on a table. And I'm like, 2.4 million views for a that? He stripped the wire so small. And he's calling the wire the wrong thing. And he's anyway, just, just so, the terminology was nuts. But it was, no, the dude was crazy, but he had 2.4 million views. That is uh, insane. He's laughing all the way to the bank. But so let yeah. me. Uh, so let me, oh, so anybody ever knows, in case you ever wondered, for every 1 million views of a video on YouTube, the owner of that video makes roughly about 3000 to $3,300, if you didn't know that. So for every video you see that gets a million views, they get about 3000 to $3,300 for that video. Whether the video sucks or not, they're going to get 3300 So anyway, enough of that. Uh, did I mention I'm jealous? No, no. Okay. Anyway, so here's my here's one of my tips, and I swear I see it done all the time. And I have been involved in a lot of testing, arcing testing, using high pot devices in order to find these problems in residential wiring that people don't realize it's there. So look, when you bring your NMB non-metallic sheath cable or that infamous word we don't want to use, uh, I can use it. Romax, whatever you want to call it, to the junction boxes or to your switch boxes, to your receptacle boxes, get used to stripping the sheathing and the paper and everything off before you put it in the box. It does. It's not brain surgery how to measure it. Just pull it down the side and measure it. You can have more than a quarter of an inch in a box, by the way. People say, yeah. it looks sloppy. <laughs> Look, you got to have at least a quarter of an inch in the box. All right? However, strip it before you put it in because... The people that strip it after it's already in, they're using knives or they're using utility knives and they're reaching in the box and they're just gouging away at it and ripping things off. What happens is you put little cuts and nicks in the insulation. And when you put little cuts and nicks in the insulation, again, depending on its proximity to the equipment ground, uh, can cause an issue issue of arcing. Now, typically the, the current's not enough that it would generate this, but I did a lot of testing with this. 
uh, and found that we did a house where we did a test and we let electricians wire it. Uh, we did this for the wire and cable industry to kind of do a test. It was kind of a test. And come to find out, probably 90% of the connections that were made in boxes, they had overstripped it and cut down into the insulation and damaged the insulation. Now, under normal conditions, probably would be okay. But the reality is you're still damaging the product. And I was able to find that using high pot tester. Now, granted, I had to pump three or 4,000 uh, volts through it to, in order to detect it. And you're not going to have anywhere near that. But again, that is really not the proper way to install it. Learn to remove the sheathing before you put it into the box. Look, if you say, well, that's harder. Look, I can do it. That's how I've always done it. You can do it. It just makes it so much easier. And it saves time because when you're cutting in that box, you got so much crap that you're going to have to strip off. And I don't know. I don't even know if that's a tip, Jay, but I tell you, I watched people. I've seen it. I've cut it and put it in and then watched helpers just stuff the NMB into the box and then have to spend all that time trying to get the sheathing off of it when I can just bam, 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 you know, and, and get it off and put it in a box, staple it up, be done with it. That's a pet yeah, Maybe that's I not a tip. That's a pet peeve, all right? Don't damage the I think when you're wire. stripping that NMB, the, the Goldilocks zone is between about a quarter to about three quarters. If, if you go any more than that, then the sheathing – for, for my sake, it starts messing up the way I train my wires. I train my wires a certain way every time. Everything I do has a purpose behind it, especially with my box makeup. So I would, I would go down the, uh, the wall to the box, and I would even, either do a, a thumbnail past where the box is at, or if it's a non-metallic box, they have those little nubs that mm-hmm. stick out a little bit that catch that wood framing member. Yeah. So you can nail it on. So it sticks it out, what, half an inch, whatever the drywall depth is. I would even bring my wire to the front of that box, down to that nub, take my NMB strippers, 14-2 or 12-2, go straight on it, straight on it when you're using these strippers, clamp down, release, and then pull that wire off. Simple. So I, I get it. But look, my Simple. thing is you got 14-3, you got 12-3, you got 14-2, you got 12-2, look. Nothing should take – I get it. I understand also there's knifeless job sites. I understand. Look, folks. So this is a knife. <laughs> For all of you young folks who don't use knives anymore, this is a knife. It was found on the ark. Okay? So anyway, so here you go. Learn to use a knife. There's a right way and a wrong way. I always taught people to straddle this knife, put the sharp end away from your fingers, And then when you go into the NMB, you literally support the NMB on your thumb. This plunge it under the sheathing, and then you slowly turn it up a little bit, and then you run the sheathing or run the cable along your thumb as you're running it down, stripping off that sheathing. Then you pull the conductors and everything out of it. Then you go behind it, and you take your knife, and you literally take it and hold the conductors this way, hold the sheathing this way, and then come down underneath it and just pull it off. Cuts it nice and clean. Then remove all your paper. Now, when it came to making sure that you had enough insulation in it, I literally would measure it down and take the cable over to the knockout that I planned on going in. And then I would just you know, hold it down to it like I'm going to train it like it's going in it, how I planned on doing it. And then I just measured it. And usually where the opening was, I would go down probably about a half inch. You have to remember that the sheathing is pliable. So be honest with you, if you're in there and you're like, oops, I don't have enough, 
All you got to do is grab Just the sheeting a little, a little bit, bit, pull it a little bit, and you'll get all you need. And again, it looks much neater. It's easier to cut in. Anyway, just the way I did it, you know what? I've been doing it for many years, and I did many houses, and I never had an issue. But I know how to use a knife. There's people that literally just explained. There's people that literally go in the box like this. So those that are listening, watching over on the podcast, they literally stick the end of the knife or the cutters in there, and they can't even see where they're cutting, and they're like. Just not the way to do it. That's just not the way to do it. I know some people get taught that way. That's just not the right way to do it. You do whatever you want, but that it drives me bonkers when I see that type of thing. And I have to deal with damaged wire all the time, and I can see it. Okay? You know, they're like, mm, 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 mm. I do it all before it even goes in the box and choop, 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 boom, boom, stick it in the box, make up my joints, position my, my conductors so that there's no question how it needs to be. Okay. All right. Um, oh, incidentally, I should say. I, incidentally, I should say that while we're roughing in, yes, I bring the wires down and wrap them around the box and stuff it in the box because we're just pulling wire everywhere. But when I'm there to cut that box in, I cut that box in. I trim that box out. I tie all my equipment grounds. I make all my neutrals. I don't leave that box when I'm getting in the trim mode. When I'm back after we pulled everything and now I'm going back to that box and trim it. I ain't walking away until that box is spiffy. Okay? Yeah. I know it's not what they do in Colorado. They just kind of wingy, wingy, ding it. But <laughs> I thought you were, you, you were from Colorado. In the last 20 minutes, I heard you say hi, pot, and joint. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> that's he thought not a Those are familiar terms, right? Anyways. <laughs> I, those are familiar terms with Jay up in Colorado. Hi, pot okay all right anyway anyway i don't know if that was a tip or not but i always like to say train train people correctly and they'll stop jabbing to death wire in a box all right what you got next jay jason makes a good point he said but if you did a video on which method is faster you'd get a million views probably would (laughs) i was gonna say that same and i would be sure that i don't call three-way switches two-way switches Oh, just, just saying. They're not two-way? No. No, anyways. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. All right. So what you got? What's your next tip? All right. So my next my next tri- uh, tip trick is for boxing out um, residential receptacles. Just your standard basic residential receptacles. What I do is I go hammer height. I make sure everybody on my team has the same hammer. And usually it's about 15 inches. It's an e- east wing hammer. Um, 22 ounce, maybe it's 15, 16, how it varies. You could even go a Klein hammer. Right. So, but you got to give, you got to give a visual here. So this is basically oh, so, sticking the hammer on the ground next to the stud. And it's the perfect height that you like for your boxes. Yeah. So you, you just, well, first you want to make sure that everybody has the same hammer. So whether it's a Klein, an ideal, an each wing, whatever, this only works if everybody has the same hammer. Um, now, if you have a larger so hammer. So we better hope that Jay supplies everybody with hammers because, you know what, everybody <laughs> buys their own tools. So, hey, hey, bro, go buy the same hammer I got. <laughs> okay. Go get the same hammer, right? Go, right. go get the, have the same hammer. hammer. Oh. I don't mean, I don't, I'm not going to be jabbing on your little tip there, but okay. As and long so, as everybody's so got the same hammer. Is, 
you would take the hammer and you'd lay it down, uh, the hammerhead down flat on the ground, and you would have the handle sticking up. And where the handle ends, you would just take your box right to the wood framing member, pinch your hand be- or in, in between, put your thumb in the box, and and your right or or your other fingers on the opposite side of the stud, and you'd pinch it right there. So you literally just put your hammer facing down, handle up. Right there is your height. You grab your box, push it on that stud, pick up your hammer, whack it a couple times. Now you're securing your box to your stud. Quick, easy, fast. You don't have to pull out a tape measure. Um, another trick, too, is usually in between studs, my PM, Chris. Man, Chris, let me let me tell you something. Man. I have the best project manager in Chris Westfall here in, in Colorado. The best, hands down. It's taught me a lot of tricks, man. Big shout out to you, buddy. You're a big reason why Wired Up is doing what they're doing. So, anyways, we would, yeah, we would... We would, uh, time for a raise, Jay Grunberg. Okay. Go yeah. Ahead. <laughs> I love you, Chris. Um, so you would, so you would do that and we would pound those boxes on and, um, we would just whip through those receptacles quick. And, and then the stud thing is usually in between studs, it's about 16 inches. So if you just think two foot, you kind of count, uh, your six foot, 12 foot rule in the areas that, that that's required is you just start from that opening and you just count a few studs, you know, two, four, six. Okay, your outlet or your receptacle outlet's going right there. And then you would then carry on two, four, six, eight, ten. So that's a little tip or trick too. Again, you're you're more on the safe side because a lot of times they're not two feet wide. They're a little less. So that's another tip on how to box out really quick. When yeah, you're in so front they're of a 16 cu- inch on center. The space between them is about 14 and a quarter. So yeah, about 14 and that's the width of an enclosure that goes between the studs. If it's 16 inch on center studs, right? And, mo- and most, most of them are. And again, it's, it's just a little quick, fast tip that you can count your boxes, uh, your receptacle outlet requirement, your six foot, 12 foot rule. So, all right, Jason just posted and he's getting ready to, to kill my thunder because I was getting ready to come in with my tip. If people have heard me say before, is that back in the day, uh, again, it's just along the same lines as Jay's for identification. A Jay's works great for receptacles, but I like to have something. Rather than keep the ruler around all the time, which I always had the ruler anyway, is that I would have a height stick or a dowel. Or Again, we had dowels, but you could use a piece of PVC, and you could get it, and you could put tape around it at, at your given heights, like one for the, take a piece of PVC, keep it in your truck. This is your, you know, your stick. He calls it a story stick. There you go. So I'd have one to color tape maybe at the 16-inch, if that's what your height was. I would have one at the maybe 50 inches or 52 inches, whatever you do your switch heights at. Uh, so, again, you can, you can have that as well. Um, and so me and Jay were talking earlier about a neat idea is to take PVC and get couplings and cut you three yeah. separate sections of PVC so that you can put the different sections. So if you're just doing receptacles and you can use the one section, if you put a coupling on it and put the second section on with your markings on it, that's for your switches. And if you had a third section, then it could be your common heights for things like sconces or light boxes yeah. above a vanity. All those, you know, typically those might be at, at a certain height, like 76 inches or, or 82 inches, whatever you want to put them at. Whatever's common to you, create your own sticks for that. So I said, you know what? So I can get PVC, maybe a one inch PVC or three quarter PVC, 
and make it up together with three sections. And personally for me, Jay, I would probably say six feet. I'd get six feet and I'd break it down in, you know, in is where I would be. Now, if I wanted to go higher, then I could do six feet, but they can have another two foot extension that I could put into the end, like an add on, keep them all in a nice little bag. And so I would take it. And so when I'm doing switches, I take the two pieces, put them in the coupling and it's lightweight. I can carry it around and use it for all my markings. And if I need to do my sconces, I take out my extra piece, put the coupling on, and put the third piece on. And that has my marks for some things like sconces. If you're going downstairs and you want to measure from the stair tread and you want to get all your sconce heights right, put whatever you want on the, on the PVC by colorizing it with the different color tape at the certain height. Then, of course, with a Sharpie, you're right on there, 50 inches, 40 inches. Maybe I have a countertop height, which incidentally, my countertop and switch heights were all the same at 50 inches or right about. So, same. But putting them on there, everybody, if you have a bunch of people in your crew, everybody has one of these sticks it, it, that is theirs. And, they, and you customize it so that they're all the same. So everybody's on the same page. Um, again, so you don't have to whip the ruler. Now, the reason I say the six-foot one is because it also allows me to visualize room layouts because it's 6 and 12. So I can take that stick real quick, and I'm going to hit that first receptacle. I can turn it on the side and give me an idea when it's going to be further than 6 feet. So it's a kind of a, it'd be like a kind of a wonder tool, if you will, right? What are we going to call that? Is, is that going to be called the, the, the P-stick, like the P-tabs that you have out? Uh, is that going to be called the P-stick? Uh, no, nah, if you call it a P-stick, somebody will think Paul's promoting a catheter or something. No, it's it's just neat to do it, and you can have it right on the truck. Now, we used to use dowel rods with tape around them. But, again, I'm thinking PVC is perfect. I think that's a great idea. Perfect. No, I, think that, I think that's great, and I think, I think you know what's neat? have it. What's neat, if you put caps on the end of it, because you can get those caps that go on it, you can actually store things. You were talking about your fiber sticks and, you know, fish tapes in it. You can you store just, them you in it. You just took my number one. You just stole another tip from me. You see this, guys? I do. I, I, I we, we do these 30-minute or, or an hour or two right, so free. Um, this is what happens when during shows you spring topics on people that they weren't prepared for. Paybacks. Are hell during the preceding episode. I'm just saying. Okay. So anyway, that's a stick that allows you to identify your spacing, and it's just a neat thing, and you can do it, and your whole team can have one, you know, that type of thing. Okay. So, so what he's referring to for your for your fish sticks, because we, you know, you go to Home Depot, you're buying these fish sticks. Everybody know on the podcast side, not the Gordons, not are. Gordons fishermen. Okay, these are fiberglass fish sticks. <laughs> these are fish sticks that are about. Five feet long, okay, mm-hmm. and you can get them usually in. It usually comes in a pack of three. And yeah, the they, 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 they screw together. Is so cheesy, it breaks every time, and you're trying to tape the head to it. Then you're trying to tape the back when the back blows out. Forget all that, man. Go to the PVC section. Get you about a one inch piece, inch and a quarter piece of PVC. Cut it at six foot. Put an end cap on one, like your bottom cap. Put a male connector on the other, a one-inch male connector that has the threads, and then put a cap that threads onto that, and then that's your opening. So then you open that cap, you push all your fish sticks in it, all your fish sticks connectors, because you know some of the fish sticks that I get, they have the hook. Yeah, they got the little hook have in the hooks, end. And then one has like it, like, like like an eye, 
a, a center. It's it's a solid piece with a center, like mm-hmm. maybe sixteenth inch drilled out a uh, hole in the center for you to wrap your wires around. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, go go to the PVC section, get rid of the the plastic case that it comes with, and and build your own. And then you could beat those up. Your apprentices can beat them up. Um, and, and again, it's a piece of PVC. You could do anything with it. Um, now we used to do, like I told you, we used to do the same thing with trade size three or even trade size four PVC. And we put the PVC clean outs on the ends that you can oh, screw okay. on and off. And we would have those on our trucks and that's what we would keep our ground rods in and things like that. You know, we'd get a, you know, full state and we'd be able to put ground rods in it for easy, get them from point A to point B. So we used to use it, same kind of concept. Uh, as well, but you can you can get again with the clean outs that you would glue on the end of them and do it. But again, so, so Sebastian, I'm I'm sorry, uh, Sebastian had a question. He said he wondered if we had a tip or trick on how about some tricks to fish out a pull string that snapped way inside a conduit. Uh, what do you mean? So, so mean what I'm strings, thinking is, the is they had snapped? a. They probably had a pull string that went in, and and when they're pulling their wire, maybe there's so much tension that it snapped, and it has to you have to go back in or refeed it, or maybe you had, because I've done a lot of PVC, I've done a lot of underground work, so I I think I know that's what you're an, that's about an easy one. There there is no tip if your pull string snaps halfway in the middle of the raceway. <laughs> pull it out and put a you're going to have to whatever you're going to have to pull a new string in or, or fish a new string in with your pull i mean there is no so, that i'm not aware of any well, tip so so what we did if, if it snaps you're going to have to put a mule tape in there, there, there there's no way around it you got to get rid of the get rid of the jet line because that tension on that jet line is is only rated for so much force and if you sure. have more force it's going to snap so mule tape is obviously the way to go um I did a lot of parking lot lights at a Toyota dealership, so this, this is right up my alley. But what we would do on one end, when now, now we wouldn't instead of putting the fish tape 200, 300 feet, we would suck we'd suck a mouse through there. So what we would do is 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 on one end we would take the jet line and we would take the corner of a Walmart bait. Now this is a good tip, man. I, I, you guys should be paying me for this. This is a good one. Um, we would take a a, a Walmart sack at the corner end and we'd fluff it out the. <laughs> the the size of the actual raceway so two inches you'd fluff that sucker out two inches cut it tape that string around it uh, or, or tie that string around that um that plastic walmart sack and that would be your mouse and on the other end you would take a vacuum and if the vacuum hole if the vacuum end wasn't the size of the hole let's say the vacuum end was too big you would use a gatorade bottle and cut the center of the gatorade bottle and put that hole in the Gatorade bottle inside the in, inside the opposite what end the, of the mouth. What the hell does that got to do with helping Sebastian out with no, the no, broken no, no. wire listen, in the middle listen, of the raceway? Listen, listen, listen. No, no, it, it, it's going to make perfect sense. I'm going to tie it together. So you would you would you would do that 200 feet, and you would suck that vacuum on. Well, that pull string sometimes would only go about three quarters of the way. So now you have to fish it the other quarter of the way, or maybe it got to that elbow or that 90 right at the bottom. It would make it you know seven eighths of the way. So what we would do is we would take a fish steel, and you can't do an open hook. You almost have to do a closed hook, almost closed, not, 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 not all the way closed, just enough to catch. And we would take some, some other jet line and wrap it around, push that in, push that fish steel with a little bit of jet line like a little ball, go push it down and catch that other 
piece of jet line. And when when you got to about where you thought it was, you would take your fish stick and rotate it. Oh, you're just kind of binding it. it, binding it up. Yes, but 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 you already have yours fish uh, a jet line that's already on there, so it kind of intertwines with it. And then once it catches it, then you pull it out, and um, you got to make sure someone's on the other end, kind of feeding it because you don't want too much tension. You know, two hundred foot runs. So that's what I think he was he was getting to. But you don't want to put an open hook because those those PVC um, connectors that I, I've lost a lot oh, of fish. On it. Catch oh on my it. goodness! And you can't get it out, man. You you try to push it. And All right, it, Sebastian. If that if that tip help you, I, you know what? I think Jay's just dreaming. But okay, if that tip works for you, <laughs> use it. <laughs> use the vacuum though. The vacuum, vacuum trick is the, the good. Vacuum man. Trip, Put a mouse on it. That does good. You now vacuum and sucking the line through with that can really save you. But, um, but sometimes but that's you not can't really get a tip, is it? They make they make those little mouses to suck through those things. Yeah, like but 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 the 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 Walmart bag sometimes over the period of time when you're installing the PVC to the time that you pull the line through might be a couple weeks. So that PVC conduit gets maybe dirt in it. It gets maybe um, some water in it. So that mouse that comes with it, it'll get stuck. Whereas in the bag, it'll kind of find its way around. So again, I've, I, and, and, and then you've got the bag on the end. So you're trying to catch that bag with the fish still too. So shameless plug for walmart if you i was will. on pvc underground pipe for like a year at this dealership i was like the pvc guy so he was he was the pvc <laughs> king before he was the basement king no relation to tiger king all right so there's your tip for that all right my tip we gotta get we gotta get to these ends we're getting to the end of the show here oh we gotta answer some right. questions um i I'm did done. see that's some mine that's mine I'm... is that all yours no i got another one here yeah. so Hey, we got Wayne again, checked in from Madison County, checking yeah, in. Monvoya, I guess it's Alabama. There you go. Um, let's see here. For those that are over in the podcast, come on over and join the live stream. Chime away. Um, another comment that was made uh, was by John Wayne. Hello, Pilgrim. Uh, made a comment about paralleling. Of course, that's kind of really not a tip. That is one of the requirements when you're paralleling at 310.10G. So, again, you got to keep uh, your conductors the same, everything, characteristics the same, same insulations per phase. Uh, incidentally, for paralleling, it's not really a tip, but all A phase has to be the same. It does not have to be the same as phase B. B does not have to be the same as phase C. So I could have copper conductors on phase A, I could have aluminum conductors for phase B, and I could have copper conductors again for phase C. Again, only have to have the same characteristics per the phase. Okay. Um, let's see here. Staggering. Elwood says stagger your wire. Um, we were talking about a broken piece of wire, but again, staggering is important. So a lot of times in the bigger wire, and I do a lot with this because I obviously I work in the wire and cable industry, is yes, you definitely want to make sure you're stagger them as they're going into the pull. Otherwise, it just makes it a beast to pull, period. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you Your obviously want to stagger, and a lot of those pulling heads are already set up to be staggered. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So sure. one of those type of things. Now, if I'm pulling a bunch of smaller conductors through the raceway, then I still want to strip them in a way that I'm still going to be staggering them. It might mean that some of them I strip off more insulation than the others, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to be staggering them in order to be able to kind of make a more streamlined pull than this big old blunt pull. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of times I would I would strip um the the twelve conductor or ten uh, gauge conductor about two feet lengths. So the first one would be two feet, second one would be four feet, third one would be six feet, or you can do six inches, however. And then I twist them all together, loop it around, tape it up, boom. And also, I should tell people don't be afraid to use pulling lube. Even though us most of us manufacturers today will sell pre lubed products with no lube it's not the same, or no. you super still have, slick. You still want to use the lube. Well, you yeah. shouldn't have to because we market it as you don't need pulling lubricant. But I'm going to tell you, don't be shy. Anything that makes the job go easier, if you want to use pulling lubricant, use some pulling lubricant. Just don't get nutsy with it because too much lubricant is a bad thing. All right. All right, so my next tip since, uh, you know, Jay's kind of just, you know, barreled out on his, um, is putting electrical tape around the end of your side inclines, side side cutters, if you're using them like uh, for sometimes you have luminaires that have those little nuts and you're putting them on a lot of times it's the outside lights and you want it you got to get them just tight and you can't get them tight enough and it's not really a it's not really a nut you know what i'm saying it's like a little like a little cap screw and so a lot of times people will grab their side cutters or something and try to get that last little tightness on it it scratches the thing all the crap so, again, just take some uh, electrical tape and wrap it around the end of your, you know, each side of your side cutters so that it doesn't mar up the actual. And then some people actually use painter, the painter tape, because it's easier to get off. It's just something so that you don't have that metal grinding on metal. Just looks like crap. You Are know you what talking saying? about for, like, the decorative... Yeah, the, the little the little like decorative screws on the end. I've seen vanity. electricians use their side cutters and not gauge how long it was or whatever. And actually, as they do it, they turn around and scrape the entire side of the fixture, the luminaire. It looks like garbage. Looks like some little handyman did it. Okay? So, again, if you're going to use your clients to do that, you can't get it tight enough and you want to get a little extra on it, just make sure you wrap up the end of your side cutters if that's what you're going to use or pliers or whatever you're going to use so that it does not mar the metal surface. Nothing yeah. looks worse, and that stuff comes off, and, it, and trust me, it's going to get. you might have a brass or an antique brass look color, but you scuff it up, and underneath it, it's going to be just the shiniest scratches, and it's going to stick out, and you're like, that's just not professional, dude. So, again, maybe you have a set of cutters that you already have taped up for those type of little things. I don't know. You can get them so cheap if you go to Harbor, Harbor Freight and you pick up a set of Doyle. Doyle <laughs> is a product from Harbor Freight, and they are really good hand tools. Oh, don't be laughing goodness. at my Harbor Freight tools. No, dude. I'm just saying I'm waiting for Harbor Freight to, to promote the show. I mean, it's, it's, it's much not, They're not really into electrical things, I don't think. Okay. I would I would use that same trick for levels, too, when you're, you? when you're leveling out your, um, oh, you your know base what? You, plates. You have another tip. You were talking about, uh, again, getting um, smudges off of walls around when people are putting up switch, switch oh. plates and everything. That's a good, good tip, and I didn't even think about it, and I tried it out, and it actually worked. Um, I used to have my guys use the, you know, the nitrile gloves when we're doing yeah. finishing work on areas like that type of thing. But Jay says, uh, go on and tell us what you use. Yeah, so my, guy, my guys will carry around a uh, magic eraser. Magic carry around. You can pick them up at Home Depot. You can get the fat style or, or even the thin style, depending on what you're doing. And, hey, and again, look, I, I don't mind. Look at Sebastian. Look what he said. My I, 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 my phone went dead. 
Mr. What did Clean, he say? Magic Eraser. Yeah, Mr. Clean, Magic Erasers. Okay, but I always a big believer, clean up your mess, clean up your mess. Um, another unsolicited tip, after every day on a job site, clean your daggone mess up, look professional, stop leaving the crap laying all over the place saying, I'm going to be back tomorrow anyway, bro. Clean your mess yeah, up. No. Clean it clean up. Your mess up. Look professional. And, and, that, and that's, that's, what your, that's what your hands are for, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're a crew lead or something like that, you'd say, hey, guys, start picking up. You set your alarm, start picking up, and, and, and delegate those tasks to those guys. Yep. Make sure everybody has a task to do. Um, that's what we do from the bottom to the top because you, you delegate to that, you give them a task, and then you go back over that task with them. Okay, yep. you walk it with them and, and make sure they do their job. So. All right, I got, another, I got another tip. <laughs> So this tip, go all night. Do you know what? This is one of those things They're where I fun. said, Jay, I don't have any. And then all of a sudden, I'm just throwing these damn tips out everywhere. So this isn't really a tip. This is a tip for time management. I don't know how many times, and my brother was terrible for this, and I know other people that I talk to all the time, and I could give you a tip about not keeping all your eggs in one basket, all this other thing that are business-type tips. But here's one, and we talked about it, is service guys, the guys that do service work. Don't be afraid to ask questions to the customer. Don't be afraid that they're going to say, oh, this guy's not uh, professional. Look, when I get service work, even now, I always will tell them, describe what you want done. And even if it's something as simple as replacing a receptacle or something, I say, can you snap a picture of it so that I can see what it is you want me to do on the service work? Yeah, again, if it's a big project and we're going to bid it or something, it's not going to matter. But a lot of times I'll get small things where the guy says, I want to do this. I got a receptacle that's damaged. I got this. And I want to make sure that I'm asking the right questions. Why would I want to do that? Well, last thing I want to do is say, well, the guy says I want to put a bunch of receptacles in and replace receptacles. And I go out there and he wants decora. Or I get out there and everything else is white, but I take ivory. Or, you know, or I get out there and I got cover plates and my cover plates are ribbed cover plates, which are awful. But, uh, you know, you know, I get out there and I'm using cover plates that are that are not going to match everything else. And I mean, again, it's just kind of that's being over exaggerated. But don't be afraid to communicate with the customer. This is for those service call people. Don't be shy to ask them questions. Again, if they were to say, well, God, do you know what you're doing? And say, no, obviously you don't. That's why I'm coming. But no, don't say that. But (laughs) at the end of the day, you really get as much information you can because you know how I sell this to the customer if they ask? I'm saying, look, once I'm there, if I've got to leave the site to go to the supply house or go pick up something, the the meter's still running. It's still going to cost you money. I don't turn it off. I mean, I charge as long as I'm gone. If I got to go get something for that job, and unless you have this awesome staff uh, stocked truck like Jay and him have, but for me, I might not have everything. But I can tell you right now, I'm not turning the meter off. I'm still charging. So, again, there's much information I can get up front about what needs to be done, the better. And that's not going to catch everything. But at the end of the day, again, I think it's like Sebastian says, clean truck, less time in the van. More productivity, happy customer, beautiful. Absolutely, 100% agree with every part of that. So, again, don't be afraid. I, again, I had a customer I was telling you the other day, um, that customer wanted me to re- uh, replace. He's, he is a landlord, and his tenant moved out and literally took out the dryer receptacle. Now, again, anybody and his brother could replace a dryer receptacle. 
However, I didn't know whether it was a surface mount. I didn't know whether it was recessed. I didn't know if it was an old one where they only had three wires or they actually was newer and it had four wire. I didn't know. I didn't know what the plug was on the dryer. Did he have a dryer that's going back? So many things could come into play. And so I said, dude, can you send me a picture of the receptacle location so that I can see whether it's a recess or surface mount, which, again, if it's recessed, then I got to buy the plug that goes in it. But then I also got to buy the cover. And I need to know whether or not there's four wires there or three wires there, depending on how I configure it to whatever dryer he's going to have and then what I might have to do on a dryer, whether or not, you know. So it, you need to know. And it saves you so much time. Last thing I want to get there and has a surface mount and turn around and it be a recess. And I'm like, or flush, I should say, flush mount. So then I'm like, now i got to make a trip to the spy house because this ain't like I keep all both kinds on my vehicle. I mean, I'm not right. in that today like I used to be where I had a van that was stocked with everything. Okay? It's not the same today. And so a lot of us, and you guys that are, you know, doing it, do it, you know, that are one guy, two guys, three guy team now. You're not, you don't want to have a full truck that has everything on it, right? So, anyway, I don't know if that's a tip or not, but again, time is money. Be very courteous of their time makes a big difference. What does Paul say? Paul, he says, using rebar tie, tie wires as, uh, as a plug for stripping Tapcon holes. Let me think about that for a second, Paul. Use rebar tie wires as a plug for stripped tie. Oh, so, okay, so the metal tie wires, if you have a Tapcon hole that is kind of stripped out, you would jam them in there and that would take up the space? Is that what you're talking about? So I've got all these, these metal tie wires in there, and I just need something to bridge that gap, you know? that You can't use plastic. It'll squish. And so Tapcons, I need something else to grab in that hole. So I've got all these metal uh, these tie wires. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful tip. You got all those? I don't know why I'm going to have – I don't know as an electrician why I've got a bunch of wraps for rebar. Maybe you went and stole them from the pool contractor <laughs> who's doing the rebar or something like that. Hey. Don't ask, don't tell, Paul. I'm not, you know, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm just saying, but you got them. Use them. Fill that hole. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Any, uh, you know, any other tips? Now, James says he uses scrap 14 and 12, so I guess the same thing. You kind of stick a little bit of 12 in there or 14 in there and takes up that space. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, another tip. Sometimes when I'm doing toggle bolts if you don't get the right size toggle bolts and you do luminaires over time the heat from the luminaire will dry out the sheetrock and the toggle bolts will fall through and that's when you see old wiring where some of the recess lights are starting to fall out not the recess excuse me uh trofer surface mount the the uh fluorescence that you toggle bolt up they will fall down and fall out okay so again i always tell people up front when you think you've got the, the right size toggle bolt and the wings, go one size higher. Go one size bigger. Okay? Because they make the smaller ones, and you're thinking, perfect. But over time, as the sheetrock dries out from those lights, over time, the weight, they tend yeah. to pull out a lot. So I always say, go one size bigger with your toggle bolts. Um, I had to go into a project where I had to literally go to all these toggle bolts that were pulling out, climb up in the attic, 
And what I had to do is cha- is take a, a metal flat channel, take a strips of metal, cut holes in the middle of them, put them up there, and then redo the toggle bolts through it so right. that the toggle bolt was on the metal. Yeah, and it had more surface on the sheetrock. Now, would have would have been better if you know they just used a little bit bigger. Again, so if you think the size toggle bolt you're using, I think it's like three sixteen toggle bolt. Go to the mm. next size. Just go a little bigger. You know, because they do yeah, pull, I, I they do a, pull out pretty easy. I got a good uh, tip too for um, finding studs. Elwood, wait a minute. Look at Elwood. Oh, Elwood, Elwood's talking about your hole saw tip. We already covered that one, Elwood. CJ, you didn't invent that, man. See, somebody else. They, <laughs> people are already doing it, bro. So people are already doing it. So he's trying to think. You know, he created that that Russian nesting egg type of hole saw trick. It's a good one, though. It is. You can see it's a it's a really good one. Um, mm-hmm. But let's let's say you're putting in some recessed cams, like in the living room. That example I gave earlier. And, and you don't have a really good stud finder. It's not really finding uh, the studs really well. What we do is, is I do a pilot hole, or I'll take my um, screwdriver, my Phillips or, or standard screwdriver, and tap it up and create a little pilot hole. And then I'll take my wobbly. And the wobbly screwdriver is the one that's, that's, that I use to tighten up. Yeah, I tighten up my, um, my screws, my plate screws, mm-hmm. nice and level. So that one... Um, and what you do is you take that straight up and you turn it because you, you, it, it can position that way and you do a full circle. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you hit if you hit something, maybe a stud, then you go, oh, I need to shift my hole over, mm-hmm. you know, maybe two inches. Yeah. So that's a that's a good tip or trick or, or when you're doing an outlet box a receptacle outlet box in the wall, do a little pilot hole where you want it. Put your little wobbly in there, turn it around. And see if you hit a, a stud in that circumference, and if not, then you're clear to put your box. Dude, I'm so or your recess. I'm so good. I can tap it and find it. Oh, oh, oh. Da, 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 da. I can. Tap you haven't it out. did a cut in box in years. What, dude? I did in one just last years, week. Brah. Whatever. Whatever. Come on, dude. Don't y'all want to see an episode where I wire circles around this young buck? Dude, strap on the tools. I'm ready. Challenge. Accept it. Show me. Accept it. Okay. Show me. That Paul can't wire. He just teaches code. He can't do no wiring. He's too old, fat, and bald. Mr. Clean. You're a real Mr. Clean, dry eraser. That's what he is. All right. Anyway, I don't have any other tips, man. I really don't. What do we got commenting? Rare earth magnets. We talked about magnets, and I again, we won't rehash it. But again, you can go back earlier, listen to the episode again, and see my tip about using a steel chain down the drops down the down the wall in a magnet. Really makes it nice to find that for fishing and all that kind of good stuff. Again, uh, not original, wasn't my invention, but okay. I think they actually make kits that do that now. They actually mm. make them that actually to put the chain down, and it's got this little magnet with a roller ball. And it has a thing on the end of the, the big, uh, at the end of the extra chain. And you put this thing on it, and it connects to it, and it literally rolls it over to the hole. Oh, wow. So basically, you can identify, oops, you identify it up really high on the wall. It'll connect to it instantly. 
And then if you have a bunch of crap in the wall, it's still such a strong magnet that it'll pull it through all of that insulation if it's an exterior wall and will literally pull it down to your hole. So they oh, make nice. those out there, dude. And so I'd love to have one of those. But, of course, according to Jay, I don't do any work anymore. So <sighs> old-timer, old-timer. When I, when I cut out those six-inch holes, sometimes I, 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 I cut out a hole that's um, – the drywall, that six-inch drywall, might be on a, a, a stud. Part of that, part of that six-inch hole might be on a stud, and so I, I try to wiggle it out. And sometimes there's a screw that's holding that six-inch piece of drywall to that wood um, uh, member. You, you, what you can do is take either that magnet, or you can take the magnet on your level, and and kind of do it in a circle motion, and it will stick once you hit that screw or that. Um, that nail mm-hmm. and then once you know it's there you just kind of dig that out or take your phillips head and try to dig it out with your with your screw gun and pull it out instead of instead of trying to trying to rip it out because again you you've cut the six inch hole but that piece of drywall is still attached to that wood frame that wood uh, fr- um, frame member so try to try a magnet to find out where it's attached and that way you don't damage that six inch hole and you can put it back right so nah. I, I used uh, um, I used my my level. All right, another tip. So I got another one. I got another <laughs> one. I got another one. So when I was doing a lot of the vanities, the, the the damn box was never in the center of the vanity, right? It's never perfect. No. And so never. you know, so people were, you know, we used to say, well, I'd do a mark on the side of the stud, and I'd go scab it out three blocks or two blocks or whatever. That got so old, you know, scabbing things out like that. So what we started using was the plastic ceiling fan boxes that slips directly over top, the plastic ones that go right over top of the stud. Have you seen uh, seen it? They literally straddle it. It goes right over it. And so rather than scab it out, we would just put a, you know, two-by-four across that span, and that way we could put that fan box anywhere we wanted on that two-by-four and so that we could center it. And so people shy away because it's a plastic fan box, but it's okay. It doesn't matter. It's enough enough room. Usually you're only going to have a 14.2 or whatever going up to the vanity light anyway. So instead of trying to scab things out to get it right, put you some 2x4s across there and use those boxes, fan boxes, you know, the ones that you get plastic that literally fit over the stud. Not the ones that mount to the side, but the plastic ones that literally fit over it. So you got space on each side of the stud. You can put that up, and you can center that wherever you need to be. So we used to use those, and again, it saved a lot of time trying to scab out crap and and all this kind of stuff. Use those fan boxes; they work great for that. You know, so that's not a tip or trick, but it will save you a bunch of headache and sitting there trying to scab things out and getting it just right. Dude, it's yeah. much easier to put a two by four across there, and you can move it across. See, call me old well, yeah. fart, but you know what? Uh-huh. You know you he you know you're gonna go out and do you know you're gonna go out and do that next time you're saying, dude, I'm buying no, those man. plastic fan boxes. I just I just leave whips in the walls now, man. I leave whips in the walls because those darn contractors they don't they don't know if that filler is gonna be one inch or if that filler is gonna be eight inches. So I just leave I just try to leave. He a just whip curls in the wall it up now. and leaves it. I just me, curl buddy. it up. But I, put no, the, that's a, I put the box in when I walked away from the job. I had everything in the box. That way, if they had to change it, out. if they had to change it. Ch- Ching. 
I'm going to fix I'm getting paid to move it. Unless, of course, they're so big of a contractor that you can't, you don't feel like you can charge them because you're like, dude, this guy gives me all of his work. I don't know. All right. Anyway, what if Sebastian's got another tip in here? Uh, Elwood's got an a infrared thermometer. What are you using that infrared thermometer for, Elwood? I'm not sure, but uh, I've got one too. But it's also because I used to do a lot of home inspection stuff too, so I would test the, you know, that was for HVAC. Um, let's see. Sebastian says, when working in a house where you need to remove your shoes, keep a pair of Crocs in the van. Um, yeah. Dude. You ain't rocking if you ain't crocking, bro. Dude. I'm not being seen in a pair of Crocs, bro. Oh, my God. Woo! He's got Crocs. Look at you it. You ain't rocking if you ain't crocking, bro. So I am going to remind you. Green, I'm going to remind you that that's Colorado. Jay, we got a caller. Oh, we got a caller. Woo! Okay. To accept, press 1 to send a voice. Hey, this is uh, Paul and Jay. You're on the show. Are you calling about the call-in show? Hello? Hello? Guess not. Oh, oh come on. What a no. let What a letdown. Womp, womp, womp. No. Right. Call back. Nope. Turning off the phone line. <laughs> so, what? So anyway, I it just puzzles me. That Jay happens to have Crocs. <laughs> it's like Sebastian. It's like Sebastian knew who you were. Yeah, he's like, there's no way Jay lives in Colorado that he ain't got Crocs. And I can almost guarantee you, Jay goes out on the town with his lady wearing a set of dress socks in his Crocs. I'm just saying, I'm probably that's probably what happens. All right, so he is Colorado, by the way. What what my guys do uh, a lot of times in those finished places they'll just they'll just take off their boots because we've tried the 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 boot sleeve and mm-hmm. so many people's feet are different sizes and they mm-hmm. tear and they're good if it's one time use but we just we'll just set our shoes to the side and and normally just go in with our socks it's actually you're gonna you're gonna laugh at this but uh, this is probably worse than Crocs okay and I flip flops. No. Show them. No. Show them. No. Show them, bro. No. Actually. Even have well, you fuzzy know, Crocs. Fuzzy Listen, Crocs. my wife just. Th- th- now, this is my wife. Oh, she's, oh, she's throwing me out. out. We know Jay's not okay. commenting on his own stuff. Is the, Jay's wife is in the house. He's got fuzzy Crocs. Okay. <laughs> I do. They're slipper Crocs. <laughs> I'll remind you that Jay is in Colorado. And it's not Vegas, but whatever oh, no. happens in Colorado, obviously no longer stays in Colorado. All right, so oh, got it. So for me, I used to have uh, night slippers. They're just a plain old pair of slippers with a rubbery sole. But yeah. I would keep them, and they would only use them once we got in the house. I'd take put my boots off, and I'd slide my slippers on, and I would <laughs> use them in the house slippers. <laughs> Now, no, they didn't have little pink bunnies on them or anything like that. They're just plain old plain Janes. But I would have I would have sported some Mickey Mouse slippers at the time, you know. Shoot, <laughs> that's awesome. Man. Oh. The caller, call back in. No, I've turned chance. it off. I've turned it off. I, you know what? Oh. You, you get one shot at it, and that's sorry. It was probably not that Jay. Bet, it was probably somebody calling to find out more about Paul's Fast Tracks program and how to prepare for your electrical exam. 
available at masterdnec.com. If you want to learn to pass the National Electrical Code, visit. Also, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, we do exam prep chat. So make sure you subscribe to the channel so you can check us out on Wednesday nights. All right. <laughs> Enough of that. All right. So I don't have any more tips, bro. That's it. That's, That's all, all I we got, got, man. I'm tipped out, bro. Now, if we come up with more, we'll do another show. Surprisingly, we got an hour and 31 minutes and oh, man. a lot of tips. Tips and tricks. Okay? Different thingy things. All right. Yeah, Sebastian says, you know, they were probably calling about my vehicle extended warranty. Yeah, or, or they were calling me because somebody hacked my Apple account and I don't even have one. Or it is the IRS calling because I owe taxes. Okay? And he's calling back again. So I'm going to try oh, to do this again. You ready? Answer it. Call from. To accept, press 1. to send. Hey, caller, are you on the air? Are you calling for Electrician Live? Yes, Paul. The manual. Hey, Manuel, how are you, sir? Yeah. I'm doing good. All right. You got any tips or tricks? What's up, brother? Uh, oh, no, really. I just want to, you know, thank, I just want to thank you guys for the good work you guys are doing uh, in oh. the industry, you know. I, uh, I've been following the program since, and uh, I'm very happy. Excellent. And I just want to say you guys for doing what you're doing, man. Cool. Uh, it's very when it's really helpful. Good, good. Thank you, guys. As long as as long as I as long as I haven't offended anybody so far, I guess I didn't offend anything I said is not offensive. So okay, where everybody's happy. No, yeah. You guys, you guys are good. You guys are getting along pretty good. I like it. I do. Hey, 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 man. Where 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 are you calling from? I'm calling from Maryland, Baltimore. Baltimore. Oh, big up, Baltimore, Maryland, man. So are, are you an electrician out there? Yeah, matter of fact, uh, I've had to go through uh, some of your program, and I, I got my license a couple months ago, and it's been great. Yeah. Sweet. Glad Good we job, could help man. you out. Glad you could help you out. You know, I'm always here if you need if you need any help. I'm always here for you. Um, Maryland, that's uh, right up from my yeah. stomping ground. Uh, I grew up in Virginia and did a lot of work in uh, Virginia and did a lot of teaching code in Maryland and in D.C. area and all that stuff. So very familiar. All of my family still back on the East Coast in Virginia. So props, props. Right. Excellent. Oh, okay. Well, man, thank all you, right. thank you for calling in. I'm glad you enjoyed enjoying the show. And uh, yeah. again. Any any suggestions you got? Do you want to hear future shows? You want to hear anything you want to hear us talk about? Uh, I'm probably always looking towards that. You guys have a like, you know um, an episode where you can uh, um, you know like advise on uh, the difference in like going to college or uh, getting into trade, you know. Sure. Young folks nowadays, they kind of like find mm. themselves between these choice and choosing whether to go to college, you know, getting all the student loan and all the debt or getting into the trade, you know. Something along the line, that line will be great, you know. Yeah. Uh, again, I think that a lot of times, I, you know, I was telling Jay a story uh, earlier about the school that I went to, which was a vocational school in because of the generational push to force kids to go to college uh, and get things like a construction management degree, they learn little bits about every trade, but they don't learn enough about a trade to be proficient. And they go to, they go to school 
and they get pushed college down their throat when, again, the trade is a wonderful thing to provide for your family. It, 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 the sky's the limit. You know, you can, you can be your own boss. You can be a lead. You can just be happy being an electrician or a master for a company. So many avenues, and the money is real. It, the sky's the right. limit for right. you. Right, right. Yeah, right. I, I know, oh, I, I, I know, I know plenty of people that have been through college, like myself, that, that aren't making near what electricians are making, and yet they still yeah, have right. tons of college debt. You know what I mean? Debt. Right. Debt and debt, right. man. Right. So, well, good, good, good information. I appreciate that, man. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe bring that up in, in a episode coming up. Um, that's, that's actually a really good right. conversation. Yeah, we should have right, a, we thanks. should have one. All right, All right man. I also have uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have no, 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 come on. Bring it. I just you know I advise what you guys saying. I have a little uh challenge. Uh, no, I'll say I'm kind of like in the middle of crossroad. I I'm a gentleman electrician with the union uh for almost 5 years. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, I just got started my own little company on the side. Mm-hmm. Um but, uh, I've been requested by a non-union contractor, they trying to get me on board. Uh, you know, yeah. to put me on salary. Uh, I just got my uh, electrical inspector uh, certification uh, a couple of weeks back, and uh, you know they're all interested in me. But again, my problem now is I don't really want to quit the union and all the perks that got going on over there, and they really want me. So I'm like, should I really, you know, um, I'm having this thought on we're living and or should I live or not live, you know, but again, you think about the benefits of the union and everything. So, um, so you know, things makes you want to stay. So on the other side, now what I was going to say is the easiest thing that you, you can do, easiest thing you can do is do a, and this is going to sound cliche to many people, but you need to do a pros con list and yes. you really need to look, because I can tell you from somebody who left Virginia to go to Texas is probably, and everybody knows I love who I work for, but it was probably the single biggest mistake that I made in my career. I was working with NEMA, and I should have stayed at NEMA. That doesn't say anything about where I work for now or where I worked. I'm just saying at that time, everything always looks greener from the grass on the other side of the fence. So I didn't really sit down and do a pro and con. And again, so the negative side for me was I moved away and six months later, my father died, and I didn't get to see him for the last, you know, six months of his life. Um, and, you know, the, elect- the academies that I have, I could have done from anywhere. So, I, you know, I, you know, and now my mother is battling cancer. And because of the distance and because I don't have enough adequate time at where I work, I can't go back and see her like I want to see her. So if she passes away, all I can cling on to is a memory. So there are things and decisions that I made that, again, are outside of the scope of money. They're not money-driven. But you got to weigh it. So in your case, you have to weigh the pros and cons, the, the security of the benefits versus the potential for what you get. And do a pros and cons for both and just stare at that list, and I think it'll come to you. You'll make, you'll make the right decision for you. Yeah, I think right, I, I think right, so right. too. And make sure you uh, talk with your family time, about yeah, it and is, and get some ahead, get some Jay. help. Go ahead, Jay. You were talking. No, I'm just I'm just saying. Make sure you involve your family about it to your wife and 
and things like that, because that's a that's a big change, right? You want to make sure that those that are going to be right. affected by this situation are also involved in your final decision. So get those people around right. you involved. Don't make a rush decision because you're already good where you're at. It just sounds like that right. you're growing with your knowledge, and that's allowing you to, or that's allowing more doors to open sure. for you. Right. So. Right. 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 Anytime for that, man. Yeah, you'll you'll make the right decision. You know, now, Sebastian, one of our followers, says go down to Fort Lauderdale and for inspectors are making a hundred thousand a year. Now I'm going to tell you, Sebastian, you know I have a broad outreach and people I know. I have a bunch of friends that are inspectors down in the Fort Lauderdale area. They would be very interested to talk to you because they don't make that money, that <laughs> kind of money. But I think they would love to make a hundred thousand dollars plus a year. Uh, but the ones that I know don't make that kind of money, but, uh, uh, I, I want to make that type of money. I'm gonna, I'm we're going to reach out to them and say, dude, <laughs> y'all are under, y'all are not getting your money. Y'all not getting, you need to talk to Sebastian. Right. Sebastian knows some people down there. So anyway, Hey man, thank you for calling in again. Uh, hopefully you, you keep listening to us and again, call in anytime. That's fine. Thanks. All right, brother. Take care. Thanks brother. Take care. Good luck. All right. That's awesome. Okay, so yeah, you know, you know what was great about that, and I know we're gonna end the show, but you know what was great about that was was he called in, he didn't have a tip or a trick mm. that that related to the show, but he still called in and and he he showed the respect, obviously to you and and your exam prep that you do, but but we also were there to help him, kind of, to not really weigh his decision, but give him some options, right? And that's what we're here to do with you guys, man. So call in. If, whether it's related to the show or not, just just give us a buzz, man. We'd, we'd love to talk to you guys. Dude, and, and, I almost, and I almost took it to a Debbie Downer, right? Jeez, talking about my yeah, dad. Was, Dude, it was like I was waiting for music in the background. Oh, no. <laughs> or something, and I was waiting for, you know, you were going to get this these tears. and Anyway. Life is what it is. It gives you lemons. You make lemonade, and you do what you got to do. So, again, is what it is. Jay, anything else you want to say to the listeners before we skedaddle and end this episode? Anything you want to share with everybody? Have a good week, guys. Thanks for coming. Thanks for tuning in. Be safe, and we'll see you next week. Definitely, definitely. All of you take care, and thank you. Uh, Sebastian, He was there in Fort Lauderdale. That's the area that the friends of mine are that work for in Broward counties and all those areas down there. Have a bunch. I used to go down there and teach a lot for the IAEI, the electrical inspectors. I used to do a lot of their continuing education every year. So I know a lot of them, West Palm Beach. I know all those folks down there. They do make good money, I'm going to tell you. But uh, at any rate, you know, got to make good money. That's where Tiger Woods lives, somewhere near there. And Donald Trump has something down there. I mean, there's a lot of money down there. She shouldn't be getting that money. Anyway, folks, until next time, stay safe. God bless. We'll catch you next time on Electrician Live. You're listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy and Jay Grunberg.